You may have heard that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help us save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Let's say I'm trying to lurk on you. You know, see what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. You do that? Not anymore. <laughs> I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages. So no public feeds. And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay. Babe, did you just send me a dollar on Apple Cash? I just said our cash isn't content. Shh. <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Money can fuck your marriage up. <laughs> well, it's a good thing for me. I don't really give a shit about money like that. So, <laughs> I've been here since we was broke. That That is a dead ass moment. <laughs> okay. Dead ass. Hey, I'm Kadeen. And I'm DeVal. And we're the Ellis's. You may know us from posting funny videos with our boys. And reading each other publicly as a form of therapy. Wait, I make you need therapy? Most days. Wow. <laughs> oh, and one more important thing to mention. We're married. Yes, sir, we mm-hmm. are. We created this podcast to open dialogue about some of life's most taboo topics. Things most folks don't want to talk about. Through the lens of a millennial married couple. Deadass is a term that we say every day. So when we say deadass, we're actually saying facts. 100. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. <laughs> we about to take Pillow Talk to a whole new level. Deadass starts right now. I'm going to take you guys back to college. Mm. Before before it was even about like really, really like money. I about to say because I know I was broke. We was both broke. But um, <laughs> Kadeen used to get a stipend for her RA. Yes. And I used to get meal points because I was a scholarship athlete. And Kadeen and I would sit down in the beginning of each semester. I would get 1,600 meal points, which equated to $1,600 for the semester, which would carry us about four months. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how much you used to get for a stipend for RA. Yeah, I forget. But I, I, know I, get to pay, I got paid like every week. It yeah. was, wasn't much though, but a couple hundred. But Kadeen and I used to sit down and she would go shopping for the house with the money she got for the stipend mm-hmm. from her RA. But then she <laughs> and I would go to Dutch Treats and would go shopping with my meal points for the apartment mm-hmm. to make sure we had everything. And I love how you said shopping for the house because we didn't really have a house, yeah, we, but, but it was my apartment. You had your it apartment. You it had your cute. apartment. It was a cute little setup. Yeah, it was, it was cute. And I, and I remember like this particularly, this $1,600 for a lot of my other athlete friends would not last mm-hmm. more than maybe a month and a half. I remember. You know, talking about football they players was, they were eating was eating you know <laughs> you just go in and eat you spend hundreds of dollars on food you buying waters you doing all these different things but i remember having kadeen and she was like my life partner even in college at this point yeah and of course i didn't eat as much as an offensive and defensive lineman but i was in this process of trying to gain weight so we would literally sit down 
and map out every purchase to make sure that we maximize this money because at the end of the semester, we didn't want any more money on the card. Mm -hmm. What we used to do was when the money was still left over, we would go buy perishable, non-perishable goods mm -hmm. like waters, canned goods for the next year right. to make sure that even when there was no money left, if we had, if we needed anything, we had it. Mm -hmm. And when I sit back and think about this story, it kind of, it kind of reminds me of how we created this bond about finances mm -hmm. early on mm -hmm. because we needed every dollar to survive. Right. And it was the pooling of money and resources together for me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it was it was always about pooling money and resources, but this is this is one funny thing in particular, right? I used to remember when I used to have Willie Cologne come by mm -hmm. and eat. And Willie used to come by and he would eat and he would eat a lot because he's an offensive lineman, played for the Steelers, won a Super Bowl. This is in college. And Kay used to look at me and be like, all right now, <laughs> you you having Willie Bond eat all of these leftovers. <laughs> when that meal card run out, don't be looking at me for my RA budget because nope. she had to feed, you had to feed your um. I had to feed my staff. staff too whenever we had like trainings and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. And it was like 15 of us at one point. Yeah. I was coming up with meals every, every I was I was doing this mom thing long before I was a mom. 19 and 20 years old, okay. learning how to balance a budget. Mm-hmm. In 2004. Yep. We was doing it, baby. Baby, we were managing money early. Now, yeah. how that translates to marriage. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Let's we'll see how that, that goes. All right, karaoke. Kadeen has a very special <laughs> song to her because this song <laughs> is when she used to work at Matt. This is a very nostalgic song for me. And I, the funny thing is it used, to pay, it used to play on the playlist that we had at Mac. There were these preset playlists. And they used to just come on. And it was my theme song <laughs> when I would hear it come on because, you know, I'd go into the store, see what my goal was for the day, how much money I had to make. And I'm like, mm -hmm. all right. And my theme song will come on shortly after. And it gave me like a superpower. <laughs> and I don't know all the words to it, but I know for the most part, it says something like, I need dollars, dollars, dollars is what I need. Hey, hey. I need dollars, dollars, dollars is what I need. Hey, hey. I need dollars, dollars, dollars is what I need. Yo. If I share with you my story, will you share your dollar with me? Hey, hey. <laughs> I remember Kadeem walking like she'd be at home getting ready, right? And she didn't realize that this song was stuck in her head. And she'd be fixing dinner, working on something. All I hear is, and I'm like, what the hell are you singing? Like, Bruh, why? it became my motto for life. It became <laughs> my theme. I need to get all the dollars. Yeah. Clearly. So it translated from Mac to our everyday life. And then I manifested it into our marriage. Absolutely. Okay. So look, we're going to take a quick break. And then uh, we're going to get back into this story time and why it's so important for people to be able to discuss money with their spouses yeah. or significant others if you're not married yet. So we're going to take a quick break and pay some bills. So mm -hmm. we got some dollars, 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 dollars is what, what we need. need. Hey, hey. Hey, what's good, y'all? I think it's important for you to understand why black representation in media is important. It's important because the media represents how people view us. And it's important that they understand that black people are not a monolithic people. That is a fact. And the next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truth. Black Stories, Black Truth is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. 
From Bobby Schmurder to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, y'all, losing two loved ones in a matter of six months, it can be a lot. And a lot of times when you're dealing with grief, you have a lot to get off your chest with your family. That's absolutely right. You know, people carry around all different types of stresses, big and small. When you keep them bottled up, it can start to affect you negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to kind of figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com deadass today to get 10% off your first visit. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash deadass. You may be aware that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies and life-saving measures. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? You, along with the American Red Cross, regardless of your blood type, can help by donating blood. Every day, our blood saves lives and eases the pain for those living with sickle cell. When you donate blood, there is a direct positive impact within our community. Right now, there is great need for blood donations in the African-American community. Every donation counts and makes a difference in someone's life. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Let's say I'm trying to lurk on you. You know, see what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. You do that? Not anymore. <laughs> I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages. So no public feeds. And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay. Babe, did you just send me a dollar on Apple Cash? I just said our cash isn't content. Shh. <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. All right. So we're back. Yes. We're back. We're back. We're back. Those college days. I think about the story time. It's great. Right. I want to I want to transition out of that into a little bit of a, um it was a Twitter battle. Mhm. At one point earlier in the year mm-hmm. or I don't know if it was Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, I don't know. But there was a young lady who was sitting next to her boyfriend and she was talking about how she makes her money. Mm-hmm. She gives her money to her boyfriend. Her boyfriend gives her an allowance so she can live or do whatever. Mm-hmm. People were clowning her because they were saying she was giving her boyfriend too much control. They were laughing at the amount that he gives her mm-hmm. per month. And they was like, what are you going to do with that? Blah, 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 blah. But um, the bigger message that I got out of it was that the two of them were working together for something that works for them. Right. And I wanted to talk a little bit about how and why that's so important in relationships. Mm-hmm. Because... um. Kadeen and I didn't have a lot of money, Mm-mm. especially in college. I remember when nope. I was still on an allowance from my parents, and my dad used to give me 
$100 a month mm. to get through the semester. Remember that? $100 a month. My brother. Who, what is that um, a day? $100 a month on dollars a day. Are you talking about $3 a day? $3.30 a day. I used to, Yikes. My father used to give. And God bless my pops. He gave me what he could. Yeah. But my father, my, my brother, Brian, would also mm-hmm. send me $1,000 because he used to get his stipend. He would send me $1,000 of his Pell check mm-hmm. because he qualified for Pell. Right. So that was how I was able to spread my money out mm-hmm. and do some extracurricular things because my meal points was for food. Right. But the $100 a month well, your and $1,000, and- yeah. Accidental, incidental, yeah. But remember that one time I went and bought them sneakers? <laughs> so I had saved I, I saved $100 a month and I never spent it mm-hmm. because I was balancing all my money. And I had about $400 left at the end of the semester. Mm-hmm. And those Jordans came out, those brand new. They were $300 pair of Jordans. And Kadeem was like, let's go. Let's get something that you want. So I went to the store. I bought these Jordans. Got home. Instantly got buyer's remorse. remorse. <laughs> and I said, yo, get, get your shit. Get your shit. She's like, what happened? I said, I'm taking these motherfuckers back. <laughs> And I took them Jordans back because I just couldn't see the value in having three hundred dollar yeah. pair of sneakers when I only had four hundred dollars in my account. You were very mature financially early yes. on. Like, there's a lot of things that I feel like I just was not aware of because mm-hmm. my parents, for the most part, just made sure like, okay, things were taken care of. Right. But there was never really a lot of sit down lessons on finance per se. You know, my dad mm-hmm. would give me the general save your money. You know, but um, also too me just trying to learn and right. grow and just do different things with my money. Of course, I've learned that certain things weren't of value. Um, certain things I just had to have in that moment because, it's just, yeah. you know, you a girl, you shopping, you see a pair of shoes you like, you know, you want to treat yourself. Um, but yeah, I learned from you very early on a mm-hmm. lot when it came to money and finances and stuff. So where did that come from for you? I think it was... It was from my, my father. Like, yeah. um, it was also upbringing. My, my father explained to me real early in life that... It's my responsibility as a man to be able to control my finances, even mm-hmm. even in the house. Like, we when you talk about allowance, mm-hmm. right? It's a trigger word for some people, predominantly women, because women don't like to be controlled. Mm-hmm. But in my house and in my grandparents' house, my grandfather was the breadwinner. Mm-hmm. He would come home, he would bring the checks home, give it to my grandmother. Mm-hmm. My grandmother would pay all of the bills, mm-hmm. manage the household. She was the estate manager back then. Mm-hmm. Manage the household, make sure the kids had clothes, make sure the food was taken care of. And then she would give my grandfather an allowance. And what he got, he could do whatever he wanted to do with. Mm-hmm. And it's funny to me to hear so many people get triggered by the word allowance because it's all automatically like attached to a woman, it's like you have to give a woman allowance, which is not always the case. Yeah, well, you and, think of allowance, you give children allowances generally. Right. So, of course, it's a control thing because the parents may think like, you know what? My child may not be equipped to know what to do with their money. They may squander their money. So, if I give them an allowance, absolutely, they can then manage it from there. So, so my biggest thing about listening, and you're absolutely right, right? When you, when you think about allowance, you think about a parent giving a child an allowance. Mm-hmm. And no one wants to feel like a child when you're an adult in a relationship. Right. But the truth of the matter is, in a relationship, one person is typically more apt to using uh, money properly than the other. Right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have people who are evenly yoked financially, but even they may not agree on different things. But if mm-hmm. one person has a higher business or financial acumen than the other... It only makes sense to put the other one on an allowance if they want to build a life together. Right. Perfect example. Kadeen and I never called it in allowance, mm-hmm. but we really operate under the same circumstances, right? Um, in today's life, mm-hmm. Kadeen and I, for tax purposes and because when you're into making money, you want to constantly make keep the money in your home, mm-hmm. right? So 
everyone in the house is under an allowance, number one. Right. Right. So all of our money comes in through our production company because as influencers, as actors, as producers, um, you have a loan out company mm -hmm. and this protects your estate. Right. So rather than getting paid directly from Tyler Perry Studios or when you do brand partnerships, they don't mm -hmm. pay Kadeen directly, don't pay me directly. They pay our loan out company. Mm -hmm. Our loan out company, which is an LLC, protects us from being sued if there are ever any issues. Right. We also have our home or we're in the process of putting our home and majority of our assets in a trust mm -hmm. to protect us for safety reasons. Mm -hmm. With that being said, all of our money comes into one big pot. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter how much money I make, how much money Kadeen's makes, all the money comes all into together. a big pot. Right. Once, and there's not really a clocking of, well, you brought in this and right. you brought in that. It's just. It's not necessary. It's yours is mine and mine is ours. Well, we do. You hear her, right? You hear her? <laughs> you hear her? You hear her? You see? Right. That's why she's on the line. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, all the money comes into a pot. Mm -hmm. And then from the pot, it trickles down into all the things we want to take care of first. Mm -hmm. So once the money comes into the pot, of course, we take money out to pay taxes. But since they pay our loan out company and not our, us personally, we're allowed to write certain things off. Mm hmm so first and foremost, we have our 401k plans, mm -hmm. our, IRA, our IRA plans, and our um, 529 plans that we have for the, for the boys. Uh -huh. So we make sure when that lump sum of money comes in, everything goes to protect them and protect us long term. Mm -hmm. After that, Kadeen and I both take salaries from that loan out company, which ultimately means we both get paid from the company that which is a, a business like employees mm -hmm. some people may call that an allowance right but for us it's a way for us to pay ourselves what we think that we need mm -hmm. in order to survive from a month-to-month -month basis right and even from then we get our money in a salary that money from a salary goes into one account which is our main uh account checking account but then both of us are on an allowance because mm -hmm. that money after it comes with the salary we take money out to pay taxes then we both have an expense account yep. and in that expense account is our budgetary uh our money we use budgetarily every month to say you know what if i wanted to blow this money on shoes i can because all of my responsibilities are taken care right. of if i wanted to save it to to donate to a charity i can do that if i wanted to save it to give my wife something special for christmas i can do that without her knowing mm -hmm. now why do people ask why do y'all have so many accounts and why do y'all feel to have different accounts it's clear if we had one account and i wanted to surprise kadeem by getting her something and she has <laughs> access to the account and she sees gucci or louis vuitton she knows it's not for me mm -hmm. so she's gonna know that i bought something for her right we try to at least give ourselves autonomy over our own finances once we've taken care of all the responsibilities right. And now we have the ability as individuals and adults to make decisions on what we want to do with the money that we consider is at our expense. One account. thing, yeah, one thing that Deval and I agree on early is that the main household bills, the livelihood stuff, the children, mm. investments, savings, all of that has to be taken care of first. So right. that's money that goes into the one big pot. Those responsibilities are paramount. Yes. Then by the time Deval and I sees whatever money we see in our separate accounts, that's like literally the trickle down after the trickle down because then mm -hmm. everything is taken care of and I can feel comfortable saying, all right, mm -hmm. this is money that I can do miscellane miscellaneous things with, mm -hmm. you know? So that's why I feel comfort in knowing that. I didn't know how this whole hierarchy of finances was going to mm -hmm. work because, again, I was not necessarily the mm -hmm. one who was always savvy. I remember days, you know, early on in our relationship where... 
you know, I would just go and I would just, oh, DeVal gave me this credit card. He put mm -hmm. my name on it to have me as an authorized user because I had no credit when mm -hmm. we first met. Um, my parents didn't think of, I guess, putting me on mm -hmm. a credit card early on, even though my parents had, my dad's particularly has really good credit, didn't think to put me on his credit card early so that way I could be an authorized user and build my credit. Mm -hmm. So when we met and I'm in college and it's like, there's stuff I want to do, I want to get a car, I have no credit. No credit. So DeVal put me on as a user and I'm like, oh, I have a credit card now. <laughs> okay, great. What's the limit on this credit card? Oh, $2,500. Great. So to me, I'm thinking, all right, I can just go ahead and use this right. whenever I needed to use it. And then DeVal literally had to explain to me, like, getting, you know, you like there's interest on this card mm -hmm. and you have to pay more than the minimum and you have to. And I'm like, wait a second. So the trickery for me, <laughs> I was like, so you tricked me. Uh, you gave me all this money and then you tricked me because now I owe more than the money I spent. And then it really had me thinking yeah. more so about did I need this purchase in that moment? Mm -hmm. You know, that taught me that lesson, which is something that you wouldn't even think a spouse or at that time my boyfriend would be teaching me. And I could have felt away mm -hmm. and been like, well, DeVal, you're treating me like a child or whatever, and whatever. And I had moments when I felt like times, that. Yeah. yeah. But I then had to lean on him because I'm like, all right, he just clearly knows more. DeVal was able to make $100 a month stretch <laughs> throughout the entire school year <laughs> to have $400 left at the end of the school year. And I used to look at him sometimes like, how did you do it? Yeah. And it was really just because he was the stronger partner when it came to that. And I say that to say with the young lady who was getting all of this backlash, maybe in their dynamic, in their relationship, mm -hmm. her husband was the one that was a little bit more savvy. And they weren't maybe married. Oh, they, they, were, they were boyfriend and girlfriend the same way oh. we were boyfriend and girlfriend but you know they how have people a common are goal, though. They, that, and, that, and that's that's i don't want to cut you off finish your thought finish right no thought. i'm saying yeah but if they're boyfriend and girlfriend they may have a common goal that they're working towards maybe they're trying to build to save for a house or for a wedding or they know they want to be engaged that's the long-term girl goal so they're like all right if we put each other on some sort of allowance or she may know i'm not so good with money because i know right. if i had this extra money here i'm gonna blow it so she might have said babe Put me on this regimen right now so I know right. what I am allowed right. to spend right. so that way I can have a little bit more control. We just don't know. But that's what happens when you have those short minute videos. And No, and this this is what happens when you put things out into the social media universe. Mm -hmm. And if you are expecting affirmation from your peers that this is the right thing. Right. That's why it's it's toxic. I hate using that word because everyone uses it. It's toxic, but it's also like it's dumb. Mm -hmm. because if people don't know the inner workings of your relationship right. and you tell them what you're doing, right? Most people won't even have enough context to give an educated opinion on whether or not this makes any sense. Facts. And keywords like allowance or he lets me mm -hmm. or he allows me mm -hmm. tend to send people running oh, in the opposite triggers. direction, especially if they're single people mm -hmm. watching a video. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? It's like, I ain't letting nobody do this. And, I, and it's like, we as people have to stop judging other couples for sharing information that works for them mm -hmm. both of them telling this video looked extremely happy i have to say that right. it didn't look like she was under distress saying, <laughs> like, you only give me an allowance and <laughs> as soon as she was like this is what we're doing together and years from now if they continue to have that camaraderie and work together when they're living in their dream home with their kids and their nice cars and they're working together people are going to say ah that's mm -hmm. why they did it but at the time people are not going to understand nope they're not going to understand at all. And I have friends who, when I first gave Kadeen a credit card, this is when I was playing in the NFL, she was my girlfriend at the time. She was not my wife. She was not my fiance. But I saw that Kadeen didn't have any credit. 
So mm-hmm. my first thing was, hmm, we have to establish credit. Let's we have to get a car in your name. We have to get a credit card in your name, and we have to pay these bills on time in order to give you credit so that you can start yep. to make purchases. Um, because the greatest asset you have is credit, because you can use other people's monies to uh, other people's money to provide you with the lifestyle you need and pay it back on your terms if you're disciplined. Right. Plus, there's no liability, and this is why it's important for people to understand when it comes to credit. There's no liability when you use a credit card, mm-hmm. right? You pay insurance on a credit card. If you go to use a credit card and someone gets your credit card numbers and they swipe the credit card for a million dollars, dollars, and it's not you, you were not responsible for that a million dollars. That's the credit card company, and you pay insurance on that. Mm-hmm. If you use your debit card and they get your debit card pin and they start taking money out of your account, you're <laughs> responsible for that money right. while they figure it out. That money won't be there. Right. That's why credit is so important. But I made a choice to help my girlfriend at the time build her credit because she and I always talked about planning life together. At the time, when Kadeem was running up the credit card, didn't understand it, and I was trying to figure out because this wasn't only a mistake on Kadeem's part, this was a mistake on my part, not explaining how to use a credit card. Mm-hmm. I just assumed mm-hmm. that her parents had to talk to her about credit cards the same way <laughs> right. my father talked to me. <laughs> right. So I gave her the credit card, and then when the credit card was at its max, I was like, what did you do here? Mm-hmm. You only had this card for two weeks. And she was just like, I thought that's how you use it. You use it, and then you pay it off. And I was just like, no, once you max out the credit card and you have it high, that'll lower your credit score if you don't pay enough every month. And if you continuously pay the minimum, you'll be paying more over time because you're only paying off interest and not the principal. I didn't explain that before I gave her the card because I was 22. Right. And she was 22. So a lot of my friends was at the time like, why would you give her a credit card? You're giving her too much responsibility. And everybody had all of these opinions Mm -hmm. about how we should work. Right. And I was just like, uh, guys, this is my girlfriend, <laughs> not yours. And they were all t- trying to give me solutions Mm-mm. on what I should do. Take the credit card from her, make her pay all of this, do this. this. And I was like, you know what? Let me just speak to Kadeem mm-hmm. to figure out how we can figure this out together as opposed to trying to get advice from other people who are outside mm-hmm. the context of our relationship. No, absolutely. And it's crazy because to this day now, I will still maybe call it PTSD if you want. <laughs> But to this day, I will still call the vow before I make certain purchases and be like, hey, I would like to get X, Y, Z. Can I do this? Is this doable? And it's not a matter of just asking permission. Because, you se. know, people would. Because oh my now God, you got to ask as a permission to go. Back. Yeah, it's just a matter a, of being considerate because I know our history when it comes to things like credit and money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know where I've come from. Um, and I still operate in a very broke mentality some days. <laughs> Where I tell them there's like a fear of like going back to where we yeah. were at some point. So sometimes I still operate in that mentality where Deval's like, Kadeen, mm-hmm. everything is taken care of. Mm-hmm. We've purposely set everything up this mm-hmm. way where whatever's in your account and you see there, that's yours to do as you please with. Like if you want to write an entire check for the entire amount and give it to somebody, do it that's because on that's on you. Um, But I just think because we're married and because Mm -hmm. we're in a relationship and because i value his opinion and because i know we have plans and i know we have goals i prefer to sometimes still consult with my husband and say hey do you think that this is wise for me to make this purchase now Mm -hmm. or should i wait till xyz is done before i decide to make this purchase Mm -hmm. or can we find a way to make this a purchase that makes sense for the company right so we can write this off right where it can right. mutually, mutually benefit us right. personally, but also professionally. Right. You know, there's a, so many ways to finagle the system now that mm-hmm. I think more 
and more, even just oh, sitting down oh, listening to you talk to people. Don't say finagle the system. Mm-hmm. Utilize the system for what it's used for. True. Because so many systems are put in place to be used against us. This is one way we, as a family, can utilize this system to benefit Absolutely. us. So it ain't finagling. True. It ain't True. finagling. It's how the system is supposed to be used. Yes. Don't be mad at me because now we're smart enough to set up a trust mm-hmm. and add our kids to be beneficiaries of the trust and they don't get taxed for that money as a beneficiary mm-hmm. as opposed to making them an employee and then them getting taxed and then the business getting taxed. Ooh, a nugget. That's, that's just <laughs> the system. That's not finagling. Facts. And, and that is the reason why Kadeen and I talk about everything. When I tell you it's not only just Kadeen, when I say I got to talk to my wife about this or talk to my wife about that, you always get the side eye like, oh, you got to ask permission. Oh, you got to do this. And I thought you was the breadwinner. Yes, I'm the breadwinner. Yes, yes, I am the breadwinner. But that doesn't mean that I get to make all the financial decisions by myself on my own because I'm the breadwinner. Mm-hmm. Kadeen and I have planned everything in life together from 18. Everything. That doesn't stop just because one person is making more money than the other. Mm-hmm. And the sooner you realize that and stop listening to the world tell you how you're supposed to communicate mm-hmm. in your marriage, in your relationship, you'll be better off. Like, stop listening to people. If this works for y'all, this nothing works without a plan in life. Mm-hmm. Nothing works without a plan in life. And that, and that brings us to a lot of the points that we, we have here. Let's because see. people ask us yeah. all the time, right? Where do we start when it comes to planning our life together? You know yeah. what it starts with? When it comes to managing your money as a financial, as a, well, well what were you going to say first? Well, no, where does, where does, where does it start with? A talk. Oh, absolutely. A conversation. And those typically are the conversations that lead to allowance, permission. Right. This and then they people can be feeling they, they can be uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but when other people hear couples use those words, mm-hmm. they get uncomfortable mm-hmm. because they're like, wait a minute. Right. I don't want anyone else to have any control right. over what I do. Right. You know and what I'm saying? And I think there's levels to it too, because other than having the conversations just about finances and how to distribute money and what to do with it then you have those uncomfortable conversations about well this person makes more money than that person so this person should have more i guess um it should have more to say about where the money goes because they make more money or there's the animosity that rises if someone's not pulling their weight and then still want to reap the benefits of those finances you know what? What happens then? You're you're absolutely right when it comes to that. But I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. I got a buddy who doesn't make as much money as his wife. Okay. His wife is a breadwinner. She's an executive. I think she's an executive at a company. I forgot which company she is. But I don't want to out them because this is people's. Right. But he works in transit. Mm-hmm. She makes way more money. She works in the private sector. She makes. She's just a money-making machine. Mm-hmm. He works in transit, but mm-hmm. he understands finances and resources. Mm-hmm. And she still comes home and says, babe, how are we going to do this? They live a great life mm-hmm. because it doesn't matter to her that she makes more money. Right. Her husband has a better financial acumen. Right. So when it comes to making decisions on her setting up her LLC, or that she went to her husband mm-hmm. and he never felt uncomfortable saying, well, my wife makes more money than me, so I'm emasculated. Mm-hmm. No, it was just like, all right, my wife makes more money than me. At least I can help her right. manage us into a better situation. How do we maintain this money? How do we make it grow? Like, And that's ultimately what they did. Yeah. He goes aside. He used her money because she made more money mm-hmm. to then start a real estate company. Mm-hmm. And now they own several properties, several storefronts. And when you ask them now, he doesn't say I'm the breadwinner because this was my idea. She doesn't say I'm the breadwinner. They say collect- <laughs> they say collectively 
this is what we've done together. Right. So maybe they started with her being the breadwinner and he mm-hmm. being a smarter financially. But now at this point, they're in their late 30s. They own a real estate company together and they both call themselves equal partners in the real estate company. But it started with those conversations and leaving the ego aside. Mm. Understanding who in this situation is smarter. Yeah. When it comes to planning trips, doctor's appointments, schools, when stuff with the kids, I don't, I, I'm like, Kenny, what are, what are we doing? <laughs> like, I'm, I don't, right. it's, there's no, I'm sticking my foot down because I'm the man of the house and I make the most money. It's like, listen, you're way more responsible and way more apt to make decisions when it comes to this. So, what are we doing? Even when it came down to where we live. Yeah. You would think. on strengths and weaknesses, guys. Right. You would think that because I'm the breadwinner, I would say, well, I'm choosing where we live and I'm choosing the house. Nope. Kadeen based where we lived on the kids' educational process. Mm-hmm. So she was like. That's where it started anywhere we were looking. <laughs> so I was like, you tell me where the best place. Exactly. And we branched out from there. So when it comes to managing your money as a married couple, there's no one size fits all solution. It's pretty mm-hmm. much what we're saying. Tip number one for managing your money with your spouse is to talk to your spouse about money. That's what I was saying before. Yeah. The first thing you talk to is talk. Figure out what your preferences are, where you both where you both are at financially, and decide what's best for you and where you want to be, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're struggling to figure out where to start, money experts have broken down some effective ways to think about managing your money as a couple. So get out a pen and a paper because this is going to be one of those podcasts where you can take some notes and say, you know what, I walked away better because of this. And this also doesn't matter if you're married, engaged, dating, or single. Listen to some of these tips because if you plan to create a life with someone, this is stuff you want to know before you even get into that serious relationship talk. Mm-hmm. Money talks are very, very important because Kadena mm-hmm. and I say this all the time. Marriage is a business. Mm-hmm. It's a business. Mm-hmm. You got to file taxes together. You have to register your license in under a state. Like these are things that you have to do right. as a business. So right. it's important for you guys to be able to talk. Right. 20% of couples don't combine finances and manage money completely separately. 20%. That's not, so one in that's five. not large. Yeah. One in People who manage money separately from their partners are five times more likely to leave their partner due to money issues. And a third of couples admit to arguing about money at least once a month. Let me ask you a question. When's the last hmm. time we've argued about money? Damn, we haven't. It's been, it's been, a, mi- it's been a minute. It's been, I, oh, oh, I remember it. Do you? Yes. When? This was, it was the Christmas before Cairo was born. Hmm. Because this was, I remember when you walked into the gym that day and we had talked about possibly getting a divorce because you didn't have no energy to work out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, we argue, we argue about sex, we argue about money. <laughs> and we had just had an argument because Christmas time, remember, we had spent money on family members mm-hmm. and we had tried to create a budget. And of course, as always, we both went over the budget. Mm-hmm. And by the time the American Express bill came back, it right. was like, how? Right. How is this possible? And it's going through and who bought what, when and why. That was the last time. Yeah. Because so that's been a minute ago. we argued that Almost January. Ago. You told me you were pregnant. And at that point, we were just like, all right, we need to focus on communicating better. Right. That's the last time we argued about money. No. So we're doing all right. Dad so me up that on was that. Me up January on 2016. 2016. Six right. years. Yes. And after that, we did years. make very, very deliberate plans. Yes. About finances and where mm-hmm. we wanted to be. Because we knew at that point we had more kids coming. And it was right. like, all right, we got to get out of this apartment in Brooklyn. How is that going to happen? Right. So, yeah. All right. So where to start? You talk, right? Find out if your partner is a saver or a spender. That's a good place to start. Mm-hmm. Talk about credit scores and debt. 
Yeah. Hi, nice to meet you. Oh, awesome. What's your credit score? Like on the very, very <laughs> beginning levels of dating. If you're if you're dating, and we don't we don't typically do this like these are the five questions you should ask when you meet someone. Right. But I believe that if you're dating deliberately, mm-hmm. speaking about finances, credit card debt is extremely important. School debt is extremely important yes. because we have family members who cannot move forward with their life because one family member is in a lot of debt mm-hmm. and they can't get approved to pur- purchase a home because of the debt that family member well that spouse is carrying once again right. i'm not trying to out anybody right but um we sat down with this couple and mm-hmm. they cried to us mm-hmm. and um a large part of the reason why the debt was carried over was from uh, intergenerational debt yeah when your parents put you on a phone bill or yeah. put you on a car note mm-hmm. or put you on a mortgage and you don't know you seven like, and yeah. you're like huh, <laughs> why am i on this mortgage i got all these responsibilities and i can't write my name and now Lord. you're now you're an adult yeah and your credit score is a five something because you have things in collection because mm. of, of things that happened to generations before you so these are conversations you have to have if you're deliberately dating people absolutely Mm. Figure out what your partner's relationship with and attitude about money is or towards the money. Mm. Recognize your differences, set expectations together, no judgment, and just be completely honest. Kadeen and I, all of these things, Kadeen and I, when we talk about uh, recognizing your differences, Kadeen is the oldest child. Her parents, her mom in particular, spoils all of them. Mm -hmm. And I grew up only child. I would say I was spoiled as well, but my father did a, a really good job of explaining to me mm-hmm. how money works. Yes. So Kadeen and I came from two different upbringings. Mm-hmm. So we had two different relationships with money. Definitely. So when we started to make money, and this is important, right? People think not having money is the problem. Mm-mm. Actually having money is the problem because Kadeen and I, when we were both broke in college, never had issues with money. Mm-hmm. Because we didn't have any. <laughs> right. It was when we started to make money, when I made it to the NFL, is when now the problems came. You know how they say more money, more problems? Mm-hmm. The problems came because we actually have something to argue over. over or there's yeah. there's a resource that we have to right. figure out how to use. Or there's an educational process that's happening for me <laughs> <laughs> that I felt stupid about. Because I'm just like, why was I oblivious to all of this stuff? Now I look dumb. Mm-hmm. In this relationship. No, you don't you don't look You know, well, I've had my moments where I felt stupid, like, damn, Kate, you should have like known this stuff or you should have researched it, but I had no idea the repercussions of certain things that I was doing just because I was like, Oh, I never had to worry about it before. Well, let's be honest. Remember when we spoke to Tiffany Aliche, mm-hmm. the budget nista, yeah. and we talked about the relationship in our cultures that uh black women have with money as opposed to black men, right? Mm-hmm. Um, statistics show that the the biggest spenders in this country are black, black women. women. Yeah. Right. So whenever they, they have marketing campaigns, they market towards black women. And I remember Tiffany Aliche explaining to us that in her house, it was, it was just her and her sisters. Her dad never talked to them about finances. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's almost like it's unfair when you have daughters. You don't speak to your daughters about mm-hmm. finances. Mm-hmm. You buy them nice things. Mm-hmm. You spoil them. You tell them they're worthy and deserving of everything they want in life. Mm-hmm. But you don't teach them. I thought it was the other way around. I thought her father did teach them about money. And that's where she got it from. No, because remember she said she struggled. Uh, remember she said she was broke. Right. She was struggled. But right. but I remember her. And, and you may be right. But I remember her and I talking about when she meets. Or she did with, have moments of struggle. Yeah, she had moments yeah. of struggle. But when we when she talked about meeting with people about resources, mm. a large part of the time it's women who've never been taught 
how to manage because mm -hmm. that's never been an expectation. Mm -hmm. It's always been, you know, oh, when you get married, right. your man will be the provider and you're supposed to do X, Y, Z. As mm -hmm. opposed to men, more men are taught about finances early on because that's the expectation. It's a social construct that is very sexist. Right. But I remember her, her and I having this conversation mm -hmm. and she was saying it's very true. Like if, if you had daughters, Deval, would you speak to your daughters about finances? Right. And I had to stop and think for a second. And I had to say, and I had to say to myself, wow, I don't have any daughters, so I never thought about it. Mm -hmm. But I would probably spoil my daughters differently mm -hmm. than I spoil my sons because I, I, and also they see how I treat you. Right. So it's like, okay, dad does this for mom the same way my father spoiled the hell out of my mom. Right. My father handles the finances in the house and my mom just says, hey, Troy, whatever it is we're doing. Right. If we move in left, then we move in left. Like mm -hmm. that's how my parents roll. Right. So that's how. I but was he was very purposeful with making sure that you knew what Absolutely. to do as a man Absolutely. when it came to finances. And it's important. That could be a thing. Yeah. I was saying it's, it's, it's important for us to take the time out with our daughters. Yeah. Boys and girls. Yes, you, you are going to be spoiled. You need to find a man that can protect and provide and all this other stuff. But you need to understand finances. Mm -hmm. Because until you find that man, you need to be able to exist in this world as a fully functioning independent adults, woman and, you know what I'm absolutely. and not have well, i think to there's a movement more for that now too for oh, women absolutely. to have their own and do their own absolutely. and not need a man like think about that that's that's the narrative that's spewed a lot now too so i'm glad you brought that up being an independent person if you feel an independent woman if you feel that you don't need a man mm -hmm. then you don't need to be in a relationship right but you can't be in a relationship with a man and say i don't need a man mm -hmm. because then your actions are saying something that your words are not matching Aligned to. with, right. And it's the same thing for men. I don't need a woman to do nothing. I can just do this on my own. If that's how you feel, can't be in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Because the relationship is about serving each other. If you feel you don't need this person and you don't want to talk or converse with them about anything you have going on, whether you're a man or a woman, you're setting yourself up for failure. There has to be an understanding that regardless of what your needs are, mm -hmm. you want to be in constant communication with this person so that y'all can do life together. For sure. And that's important. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let me think. What are your options now when it comes to finances, being married, being together? Combine everything, right? Mm -hmm. So you can combine everything. Make sure that you have similar spending patterns, habits, and behaviors. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you'll disagree and start arguing about money. Agree to spending thresholds between you so if you want to pay for something that's more expensive than the threshold you both need to agree first to avoid the argument right so i feel like that's something that we kind of started to do when yeah, we were we, working together we combine having the conversations um we we combine everything but it's a little bit of a hybrid you mm -hmm. know what i'm saying we don't have one account mm -hmm. that all the money comes out you know we've we've already put the thresholds in place and mm -hmm. this was part of my plan this was part of what i wanted when i saw my life as a late teen i just had this vision of not ever wanting to worry about money. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to make it and I wanted to prepare my life for the future. And by the time the money gets to my account where I can spend it, mm -hmm. I'm not worried about my future at this point. Right. I want all of these uh, systems in place to make sure when the money gets to my expense account, I could blow it in a day if I want to, I could save it if I want to. Mm -hmm. And and you and I worked to make that plan, for, bring that plan into fruition. We sure did. Blood, sweat, but, and tears, y'all. Blood, sweat, and tears. <laughs> but it's it's not the same as two people having one saving account, one checking account, and right. us constantly going back and forth and saying, I'm going to buy this. Are you okay with that? Right. That's not what that, we yeah. do. Yeah, and that, that would just be a bit much, too, I yeah. feel like. <laughs> if, if, if that's the point. If you're at that point, then it's just like, come on now. But if that works for you, 
then it works for you because there's also mm -hmm. a second option here. It says combine your money, but the main earner gives the other an allowance, right? Mm -hmm. Make sure you both feel comfortable with the idea of an allowance. Should not be seen as favor. Oh, as a favor. If one partner is looking after the kids or working as a career, that's a job too. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter if one person is looking after the kids or whatever, mm -hmm. but that's that's part of the job. Talk about all types of expenditures um, that needs to be covered by the allowance and make sure the monthly or weekly amount is enough. Okay. So I think I think that's kind of where we are, mm -hmm. but we have separate accounts. Right. Like yeah, we still have our separate. It's not one of those things where you're standing there every Monday with a, you know, with your <laughs> hand out. Like I think that's what people envision. Yes. I honestly think that's what people envision that there is just like this very like archaic way of trying right. to say here, let me hand you money, cash <laughs> in your hands, let right. me give you these coins. Right. You know. That's not how it's working. No, it's not. This this <laughs> one, that one is more about, you know, we have a, a separate account, but right. if I make more money and say, for example, one is a stay-at-home mom or dad, mm -hmm. then that person has no resources to generate. Right. So then it's like, okay, in my account, what do I have? Right. At that point, you have to have a conversation. Of course. Unless you give that person access to the big account. Right. And in which case, if that person doesn't understand money, that can cause trouble. Bruh. Because now when you remember, we used to have this issue too. Kadeen used to look in the account and be like, oh, so that's what we got. So if I spend <laughs> this little bit amount, then it's not that big a deal. Not knowing the money was already spent. Right. And I'm <laughs> like, well, you, you, you see all that money there, that goes into the 401k, that goes to the IRA, right. that goes to 529. Absolutely. That, so that's that has to now. pay the mortgage. So then now it's like, I oh. still be checking. I'm like, so you sure <laughs> yes. that what I see in my account here is my money that I can do whatever I want with? Okay. That's and still- I'll be over here, man, frugal, like. <laughs> yeah, you've, defi you've definitely changed. you definitely Definitely changed. gotten and, more and your frugal mindset, with it. Your mindset has changed. So it's allowed us to live in abundance now because right. we've become savers. Right. Kadeem was never a saver. Because if you think about it in your life, you've never had anything to save for. Right. Like, what were you saving for? Right. right. You know what I'm saying? No, so absolutely. And I've always been a saver because mm -hmm. my dad always gave us, like, money in small amounts. Mm -hmm. So from the time I was 14. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget my father would give us, I think it was two fifty a day. He had coins and he had dollars in his bottom drawer. Mm -hmm. We would get two fifty a day and I was a freshman in high school. And I used to remember that if I would save $10 by the end of the week, I can go to Ragamuffin on Flatbush Avenue and buy me a polo shirt. <laughs> Not Ragamuffin. Had, yeah, because they had the, they had the, yes. shirt, the shirts next wholesale. To, next to Vim. Yes, yes. <laughs> Going yep. church by church avenue. Church, yep. uh -huh. So they had all the shirts on wholesale. So I was like, yo, I can get me a, a long sleeve polo or a polo t-shirt right. for $10. Man, so, $10. We sounded like dinosaurs, yo. Yeah, that was nineteen. When, when did a polo shirt cost $10? I can't even get one on Amazon. There's no name for $10 now for these Nine. boys. But look at, look at the little like lessons that your dad was teaching you so early on. Like, I wonder if he was purposeful about that, giving you the two fifty there. Was he just thinking, "Oh well, this is going to be their little snack money for the day," no, that's not exactly knowing what that he was. was teaching you a lesson in like finance that early on? That's exactly what he was. He told me, "You, you know, and this is nineteen ninety eight, nineteen ninety nine. So if you went to the corner store, you can get a bacon, egg, and cheese, mm -hmm. a juice, mm -hmm. and possibly like a devil dog, and that would be two fifty. Mm -hmm. So he was giving me enough money to get something to eat. Mm -hmm. It had nothing to do with." Um, enterprising right but i got to a point where i was i was saving up money god forgive me <laughs> i was saving up money and buying fake kooji sweaters so you could style on these hoes no yes. i was selling them i was selling the fake kooji sweaters what so yeah so why did i not know about this whole business you had 
Entrepreneur so, from early. See? One of my homeboys in Madison, Russian dude, mm-hmm. he used to get fake Coogee sweaters. Mm-hmm. Right? And he used to, the tag used to say Coogee Blue. Right? <laughs> it wasn't real Coogee. It said Coogee Blue. But at the time, this is when Biggie was making Coogees hot. Right. Nobody in the hood really knew what a, a real Coogee sweater looked like. Right. You know what I'm saying? And if it looked close enough to a Coogee sweater, dudes would buy it. Uh-huh. So I used to save up my money and then I was cutting hair. Mm-hmm. So I used to say to myself, like, yo, I'm going to get to $100. If I get to $100, I could buy me two fake Coogee sweaters. Mm-hmm. But then I would sell both of them for $100 each. Because yes. Coogee sweaters at that time was costing over $200. Yes. So if you can get a Coogee sweater for $100, you making it, you getting big money. So I was saving my money. I got a whole bunch of money for Christmas this year. And i never forget, I had about $500. And I bought all these Coogee sweaters. It was the, the sweaters and the sweatpants. Mm. And I sold all of them. Okay, until original found scammer. Out was, until, <laughs> still out. Still <laughs> out. I wasn't a scammer. Original. I was an enterpriser. I was 14 I enjoy, I love years that. old. Yes, that's, how, that's exactly how old. you frame it. Look at you, 14 years old. Until people found See? out that they was fake. <laughs> then what? I was out of business. Ah, damn. They shut you down. Then I was just cutting hair. You lucky they ain't beat your ass for that too. That wasn't going to happen. I know. I had goons. I know. I had I goons. Know. They bought fake coochie. Coming out of Ragamuffin too. and Vim. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Uh, so then go, the next option is uh, keeping separate accounts, like all together. So just mm. planning everything and communicating regularly. That way you'll always know what's coming in and going out. Deciding how you're going to split the bills because then splitting bills mm. becomes a whole nother topic. Mm. So whether it's 50-50 or another way or, you know, you do the gas, I do the light, you do the groceries. Um, you need to be clear about how you're going to split responsibilities and then, of course, make it feel fair because then fairness right. becomes a thing, right? And then thinking about your partner when making spending decisions so you'll be sharing the responsibility so making sure that you're not spending too much otherwise your partner will need to make up any difference to pay the bills so let's talk about splitting bills Mm -hmm. there was a point in our marriage where kadeen and i had decided to split bills just in part so that kadeen could learn some responsibility when it came to where how the money works yes so there was there was a point where my ego was like, I don't want my wife paying for no bills. I got everything. Mm-hmm. And while I was doing that, Kadeen, because we never talked about it, was running up the credit card. So now I had all of the household bills and I had the credit card bills. Mm-hmm. Then I was like, you know what? Not only is this not fair for me to have to try to run behind everything to clean all the bills, it's not fair to Kadeen because she's not learning. Mm-hmm. If she's not learning, if something were to ever happen to me, my wife would not understand how our estate works. Right. So we decided to split the bills, and the bills work the same way today. I handle all of the household bills, the cars, all of the major investments for our future. Kadeen handles the kids, all of the groceries, and what's, I think it's the insurance. Mm-hmm. And the yep. insurance. insurance yep. And the reason why this worked for us was because now, before Kadeen started spending money, she would look at the beginning of the month and say, what are my expenses for the month? That was something she's never had to do never in her life do, before. Yeah. But all I did was just teach her discipline. Mm-hmm. And then that's how she became Frugal Ellis now because now <laughs> she won't spend money on anything. Yes, I'm Frugal Ellis because you're my financial father, okay? <laughs> my financial father had <laughs> to explain to me yes. how to make all the things work. And, you know, I had, like I said, I had moments where I just felt embarrassed because I was like, well, damn, I didn't know I was doing this. And then I felt bad because I'm like, now I'm making it more difficult for him and he already has so much responsibility mm. on his shoulders and here I am just being like this frivolous person. Mm. Um, so I had to know how to... How to we should write a book. We should Kadeen, write a book. From frivolous to frugal. <laughs> right. And all, and all the things we did Vice to kind of create this, you know, to kind of create this new 
this newfound Ellis. Right, copyright that, that understands. shit. Yeah, Kadeem from Frivolous to Frugal. Right. So because now know. you 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 be you be killing it, the finance game. Like you understand the way. No, I completely get it now. Yeah. It but all came from conversation. It all came from talking about it and putting my ego aside. So so this last one sounds the most like us. It okay. says combine some, split the rest. Okay. Decide which bills are way uh to pay from the joint account. Settle on a contribution to pay the joint account each month, whether it's 50-50 or related to the size of your income. Think about your spending patterns, habits, and behaviors and agree what's acceptable to both you, uh, to both of you so that you can avoid disagreements and arguments over money. Mm-hmm. All of these start with a conversation. That's it. We, nobody can tell you the best way to figure out your financial situation you two are the only way to do it. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing with this is not even the finances. It's learning how to communicate. Mm-hmm. Because Kadeen and I realized uh, real early in our marriage that not having money wasn't the biggest issue. It was learning how to communicate when to spend the money when we finally had it. Yes. Which is a problem that most couples have. Mm-hmm. People can be broke together all their life right. and be perfectly fine. But then when they start making money, oh, then priority absolutely. shifts of who has more right to the money. Who's here's another issue when we're doing gifts, because this was an issue for me and Kadena at one point. How much are we going to spend on each person's family? Mm-hmm. And this is a problem me and Kadeen fall into. If we don't like certain members of the other's family, we be like, we spending that much on that motherfucker? <laughs> I don't even know. Like we that. just not get that nothing. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> so, and that's all conversations mm-hmm. because we've also had conversations where it was just like, wait, how much you spend on your mom? I only spent this much on my mom. Mm-hmm. How come you ain't tell me you were spending this much on your mom mm-hmm. before you let me buy this gift for my mom? And right. If you don't have those conversations, right. then it seemed like it was something that was done on purpose right. when realistically, it's not. Right. It's, it's and then mindset. we also realize too, some things are just not, not about dollar amounts. Like one family member just may not require a certain amount True. of money True. to be spent on a gift based on what it is. True. So some things then just came down to like, okay, was it the thought when it came to gift giving specifically? But um, some things you want to consider, you know, not letting salary differences come between you. I think that's a hard one. It is, but Because I not. know how, well, I'm just saying I've seen couples where it's going to be like, I make this, you make that, and this person's not bringing that. And it becomes an issue for a lot of people. Well, you know a what resentment I don't understand? Thing. This is what I don't understand. Your salary does not define who you are as a person. Absolutely not. So the same way it doesn't define you as a person, it can't define who your partner is to you. So whether your partner makes more money to you or less money than you cannot define how you see your partner. Right. If you don't want to be defined by your salary. You see what I'm saying? No, I completely get that. And in my I've mind. I've just seen the latter. I, I know. I, mm-hmm. I know. But in my mind, teamwork makes the dream work. Absolutely. So if I make a dollar and you make $10, together we got $11. That's mm-hmm. all I care about. Mm-hmm. Because at this point, I may only be making a dollar today, but tomorrow I may make $10 and you may make a dollar. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Are we going to constantly create this dynamic between us because of who made more money on that day? That's a waste of time. Absolutely. At the end of the day, Very we got $11. How can we make this $11 work, work for, for us. us? How can we grow Thank this $11? You. What can we get with this $11? Mm-hmm. I love that. Avoid combining debt. Yes. Being financially linked to someone who can affect your credit score. Remember the car? The car. I'll never forget this day either. This could have been a story time. Yes. Kadeen had had Jackson. She yes. had all the issues with the epidural, had mm-hmm. to have emergency surgery. I go to look at my credit score after that because now I have a son and I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to buy a house. And it my was credit like 30 score days later. dropped to like the low sixes. And I was like, what in the <laughs> hell? And I'm looking through everything and they say unpaid car payment. And I'm like, oh. yeah. 
Kadeen, and I was like, oh, I had co-signed shoot. on Kadeen's card to get her some credit in her name. Mm-hmm. She was doing automatic payments with uh, Acura. Mm-hmm. Forgot to make the... No, you was doing automatic payments and the payment didn't come out. And I always tell you... Yeah, something had happened with like the account got yeah. switched over or something and I didn't realize And even if you have happened. automatic payments, always make sure every month that that bill is paid. Coming out. That is one of the biggest mistakes people make. It was on auto pay. Mm-hmm. Two months go by and the payment never come out. And I, I used to ask Adine, you don't check to make sure the payment comes out. Even my bills Shoot. on auto pay, because yes, I'm an adult. I'm one of those adults who got all my bills on auto pay. But every month on the 15th, I'm going through every website and I'm like. To make sure they don't take out no extra too. Absolutely. Sometimes they be doing that as well. Absol- you got to make absolutely. sure. You're supposed to only be taking out $214.16, but you took out more. Give me my money back. Comcast. Or I'm calling somebody. Comcast. Comca- oh, Comcast. Yeah, Comcast we, used to take money. We don't money. mess with y'all Yo, no all more. all the time, bro. I used to be like, We don't mess with y'all no more. What kind of cable we got for $700? <laughs> and she used to be like, uh-uh. <laughs> Let me call On these. the phone with Comcast. Listen, y'all was Aggie. Mad Aggie. Anywho, um, set money rules with your partner. Keep all purchase purchases out in the open. All yes. right. Um, I hope y'all was able to, you know, jot down some things and, and make some things work within your relationship. But again, it has to work for y'all. Absolutely. This is what works for us. All right. I think we should take a break because we have to <laughs> pay some bills. Okay. Talking about money. And then we have listener letters coming up right after that. You may be aware that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies and life-saving measures. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? You, along with the American Red Cross, regardless of your blood type, can help by donating blood. Every day, our blood saves lives and eases the pain for those living with sickle cell. When you donate blood, there is a direct positive impact within our community. Right now, there is great need for blood donations in the African-American community. Every donation counts and makes a difference in someone's life. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. There's power in every purchase because every time we buy a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. And y'all know I love my lip bar products. That's just one to name a few. There is a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. Show Black Founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. That's right, y'all. Black Founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. That's right. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing Black-owned products you can add to your daily routine. All right, ladies, let's be real. Who here actually enjoys shaving their legs? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so. And get this. Near, yes, near, the OG that I used for years has now leveled up. And they have these new sensational shower creams and body creams that smell amazing. My personal favorite, coconut oil and vitamin E because it's gentle on my skin. And down to the body cream, rich cocoa butter and vitamin E body cream, which is a modern take on indulgent and classic femininity. Okay, it works in as little as three minutes, no nicks, no cuts, and the smooth skin lasts days longer than shaving. Nair's new sensational shower and body creams are free of all those nasty chemicals so you can feel good about what you're putting on your skin. Have a me-time moment with Nair, the number one hair removal brand. 
Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated near body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back with Listening Letters. Mm-hmm. Uh, baby, you want to go first? Let's dive right into it. Hey, Katina Deval, I love you guys, and I want you to know I'm Team Ellis for life. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Thank you. I support the whole family, and I love me some Mimi. Aw, Mimi. Mimi, you got a fan. She's a beautiful woman. Your family teaches millions of young women like me what family is and can be. Thank you for that. I am one of six children biologically. Growing up with my birth mom was an addict. Mm. Being that we grew up in and out of foster care with different family members having custody of us. We grew up fast and we grew up in some harsh conditions. I knew we couldn't afford name brands and we were, and there were many Christmas mornings and birthdays where the angel tree or nothing at all was received. Wow. Oh man. Um, I wouldn't be who I am without someone, whether it's a stranger or someone familiar helping me along my journey. As I've gotten older, I've been hearing that trauma bonds are bad and that they can hinder you. In my life, I've always felt like if a person is there for you in your time of need, then you should be loyal to them loyal to them forever. I've been called an overcompensator and that I'm naive to friends taking advantage of me and even family members and even partners. Mm. So can you explain how to decipher what's a trauma bond and what's loyalty? Any advice will help because I'm kind of lost. I mean, aren't we supposed to be givers to those who have to us? Oh, I I I understand where she's coming from. Yeah, but you know, remember we were speaking with one of our guests this weekend, mm-hmm. and he he definitely has a trauma bond with one of his best friends. Oh yes, like yes, they've yes. been through life together, and mm-hmm. his best friend was there for him. You know when he when he needed them, mm-hmm. but now we were at a point where. He's, he's ultimately an enabling his best friend to mm-hmm. take advantage of him. Mm-hmm. Um, they had some business. They've done some business together. The friend overstepped, lost some money, mm-hmm. damaged some property, and had no way to help pay it back. Mm. In his mind, he's like, oh, well, this friend got me, so I ain't worried about it. Mm-hmm. Now, that friend is in the process of being sued by people mm. because and he's right. like, D, what do I do? And I'm like, bro, there's no what do I do. You have to learn how to look at relationships and only be in relationships that you feel comfortable serving and serve you. Mm -hmm. If the relationship does not serve you Mm -hmm. and you don't feel comfortable serving them, 
that's a trauma bond. Mm -hmm. That's not someone just being loyal. Mm -hmm. This is just guilt. Like, yeah, I, I have to be here for this person because, you know, when I and, and here's the thing. People love to be there for you when you're in your when worst you're down because I say this all the time. Ninety nine percent of the world's wealth is controlled by one percent of the population. So vast majority of the people in the world are not happy with their situation, especially financially. When they see someone else in need or they see someone else who's doing worse than them, that's a way for them to feel better by them, feel better about themselves. Mm -hmm. I've watched a lot of people in my life only want to be around people when they're doing bad, bad so that yep. they can feel like a savior. Right. Then when that person starts to do well, they distance themselves. Mm -hmm. And then the person that they helped often feels guilty like, I don't know how to help this person, mm -hmm. but this person was there when they helped me. But that person doesn't even want help. Yep. You yep. know, that, that person likes that feeling and also will utilize that against you to constantly bring you back down to mm. make you feel bad. Speak on it. Because they are not doing what they want to do in life. You, you have to be careful of manipulative people like that in life. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of them. Especially people who know your history. Like you said, people just yes. pretty much know that you've come from a tough background, that you've been in these harsh conditions growing up. So they can instantly see you as a target mm -hmm. in that circumstance. So... Yeah, I think at this point too now, you may be able to decipher, or yes. you should be able to decipher the difference between the loyalty and people who you know deep down are just in it for ulterior reasons. And and it's simple. Do I feel comfortable serving this person or do I feel guilty? Mm -hmm. That's one. If you feel guilty and you mm -hmm. have to serve this person, that's a red flag. Mm -hmm. But does this person serve you in any way? Mm -hmm. If that answer is no, then you already know what it what is. What it is. Yep. You know, when people show you who they are, believe them the first time. Mm -hmm. Stop talking yourself into believing someone else is better than what And giving they are. chances. Don't yep. do it. Don't, Don't do, do it. it. Saves you a lot of time and heartache, boo. Yes, ma'am. Number two. What up, y'all? Huge fan. Thank you so much. I love y'all and what you do. I'm going to dive right into it. I'm 23 and moved out to Utah soon after graduating from college in Texas for an opportunity that I saw was a huge step in the right direction at the time. Wrong. I only make... $47,000 a year, no benefits, can't afford to live close to where I work, so I live an hour plus away and I'm fed up. Mm. I'm very ambitious, so I currently work during uh, doing co um, custom homes with plans to get my real estate license and dive into investing in short-term rentals. I have a plan, but I do not have financial stability right now, so I plan on moving back home to gather myself and move forward. The problem is I've gotten tons of rejection letters from well-respected companies with com excuse me, with competitive pay and benefits. In addition, my mental health has suffered from the rejection letters. Not getting a job that I so badly wanted after rounds of interviews and my current job being ass. <laughs> this person <laughs> here sounds like they're from New York. Yep. Money don't make itself, and I know I got to stay motivated to chase it, but damn, how do I recover mentally? What would you do if you were me? Any advice as far as planning? Because shit going too slow for me, and I, I work, work too, too hard. hard. Oh. Thank y'all. There's nothing like feeling like you're just in a dead end situation where you're just pounding the pavement and nothing is happening. If you have the ability to go back home, go back home. Say it again. If you have the ability to go back home, go back home. Say it one more time. If you have the ability, <clears throat> excuse me, I started to get my little preacher voice on there now. <laughs> if you have the ability to go back home to a place where you can gather yourself. Yes. Go back home. Yes. There is no shame in that. I think mm -hmm. there's this this emphasis on, oh, I graduated. I'm, I'm 21, 22, 23 out of college. Let me get out the house now because mm -hmm. it's like I got to get out and do my own thing because, mm -hmm. yeah, there is that desire to do that. Mm -hmm. But I hope that we can be the parents where if our kids are stumbling a bit, 
we can say Absolutely. come back home and figure things out Absolutely. for a bit and it's not a matter of enabling them mm -mm. but just really seeing that this is a person who's hardworking. you yes. thought this was a situation yes. that was going to go right here you are now driving an hour into work plus and then driving back home so you have what a three-hour commute round trip and then now you're still working to do the custom homes and the plans. Mm -hmm. So you're clearly somebody who has the drive and has the yes. ambition, but you just stumbled upon a hard time. People are going to have hard times. In the past 20 years, Deval and I have had, We've had our fair I'll, share yes, of hard times. Absolutely. But it gets better. Yes. It gets better. And, and here's the thing. There's no wrong decisions in life, right? And there's no losses. There's only lessons. Mm -hmm. You moved out to Utah. You took a job. It didn't work out. That's a lesson. You try to think. That's not a bad decision. Mm -hmm. I had this conversation with, with a bunch of my college kids when they were trying to decide where they're going to go to school. These kids get offers. They're like, oh, Coach DeVal, I don't want to make a bad decision. Hindsight is always 2020, mm -hmm. which means you can always look back in your life and say this was a bad decision, that was a bad decision. But you have to live it first in order for you to recognize what the decision is, which mm -hmm. means it's not a bad decision. It's a life lesson. Right. There have been plenty of decisions. For example, me investing in the stock market in 2008 and buying property in 2008 when the recession was about to happen in 2009. I can look back on it now and say, oh, that was a terrible decision. But I had to live that mm -hmm. to now be able to make the money I make now and say, aha, I've been me. through this already. Yep. People ask me. us all the time, how did we survive during this recent recession, during the pandemic? Mm -hmm. I've learned how to pivot. You want to mm -hmm. know why? Kadeen and I have made a ton of decisions early on in our life, and we had to struggle for a decade to get back to where we were. But now we're in a position with all of that knowledge, mm -hmm. all of those, quote unquote, bad, wrong decisions to make decisions to put us ahead. So, listen, do not be down on yourself. Yeah, Don't be discouraged. Pick your head up. Listen to what my wife said, because I'll tell you right now. When we first moved back to Brooklyn, when I tell you I thought that that was a step back. That would be an understatement. Here we are in a four-bedroom home, finished basement, front yard, backyard, in a cul-de-sac in the suburbs in Michigan. Had to move back to an apartment that was rent-stabilized in Brooklyn after being in the NFL. You think your life is bad now? You, you make $47,000 a year. You know how much money I was making when I first came back from the league? $10, $10 an hour. hour. Yep. And you say you were driving an hour to and from work. I was driving an hour and a half from Brooklyn to Staten Island in traffic and paying twelve fifty in tolls. So I was paying more in tolls and gas than I was making. Mm -hmm. But for those two years, I gained experience to build my business, to create a lucrative, com lucrative company that made Kadeen and I over a quarter million dollars a year at one point. But if it wasn't for those two years of service mm -hmm. to that company, Parisi Speed School in sacrifice. Staten Island, yep. sacrifice, I would have never learned. Yep. So everything you're going through now, mama, is a learning process. Yep. Trust the process. If you want to go back home, go back home, regroup. I'm I going to quote uh, Tiffany Aliche. Remember, she had her, her condo and all this other stuff, and she was a teacher. She had to move back home, and she said she was broke. Mm -hmm. Now she's making eight, nine figures a year. Yep. All of those are life lessons, baby. Absolutely. It just makes the story that much sweeter. Absolutely. When you tell people how you got to where you're at, right? And don't so think that on. life, my bad, don't think that life is going to pass you by. 10 years to anybody sounds like a long time. But 10 years for Kadeen and I was what we needed to build the empire we have now. And we're only in our late 30s. Mm -hmm. So think about that. When, when you think that, oh, I've been here for two years, three years, that's long. It took Kadeen and I a decade to get back. Mm -hmm. And we're doing it. So. That's a fact. Doing it well. Do it, baby. Just All do right. it. All right. All right, y'all.
keep uh, writing into us. We love to see the emails flooding into Deadass Advice. So if you want to be featured as one of our listener letters, be sure to email us right there. Spell it out for them, babe. That's D-E-A-D-A-S-S-A-D-V-I-C-E at gmail.com. All right, moment of truth times before we wrap it up and get out of here with y'all today. Money and marriage. Money and marriage. No, you go first. Money and marriage. There is no one size fix all for money and marriage. Mm -hmm. Never try to tailor make your marriage to anyone else's expectations, especially when it comes to expenses. Mm -hmm. Do what's in the best interest for you and your spouse. Continue to communicate and make as much money as possible because we live in a capitalist country and you need money to survive. Dead ass. Love that. Um, For me, I feel like it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, I admittedly know what I don't know. Right. Mm -hmm. That's the one thing I can admit what I don't know. And being truthful and admitting that I don't know certain things allowed me the opportunity to learn. Mm -hmm. So if you are that person that may not know about finance, that you just it's not your strong suit. You don't have a healthy relationship with money. Historically, you're trying to find ways to decipher how to maneuver with the, the resources that you do have. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to lean on the dominant spouse or the dominant person in the relationship if they Mm -hmm. tend to be a little bit more um, savvy or have a higher acumen when it comes to finance. Mm -hmm. It's okay to not feel bad. It's okay to put an ego aside and say, I just don't know. Mm -hmm. I've made this mistake. And then make the plan to recover. Yes. All right, y'all. Well, find us on social media after all that. See how I'm not spending my money <laughs> <laughs> on Deadass, the podcast. And you can uh, find me at Kadeen I Am. And I am Devout. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Deadass. Deadass. Deadass is a production of iHeartMedia Podcast Network and is produced by Denora Pena and Tribble. Follow the podcast on social media at Deadass, the podcast, and never miss a thing. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. It's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock. One at Flatiron Plaza in New York City and one at Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. With giveaways dropping every hour on the hour, it's a perfect time to try, like, and share Black-led products. It's free for everyone, and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with black-led products that are creating a new world of choices at Walmart. Trust, you don't want to miss it.